Good morning, everybody. This is Jen. It is episode two of Don't Get Offended. I've been so excited to get back on this fucking microphone because I'm like, I just love to hear myself talk. That's why you just start a podcast. I bet you there's one called Loving to Hear Yourself Talk or something like that. I just got off three crazy-ass shifts from work, and I haven't been able to record anything because I work 12-hour shifts, and then I get home, and my roommate is asleep, and evidently these walls are like like rice cakes, and you can air everything, so I don't want to be like, and then I was like... And then I said, and then she said, so she could be like, can you shut the fuck up? And I'm like, I'm talking into my microphone to my imaginary audience. I can't shut the fuck up. That's always been my problem. So today, I guess, you know, I've been on like, should I talk about jealousy? Should I talk about rejection? Should I talk about jealousy? Should I talk about rejection? Should I talk about jealousy? Should I talk about rejection? And um, I think maybe we'll go for rejection for now. Because how fucking fun is rejection? It's like <laughs> so fun. And I know that everybody has experienced it, right? Everybody knows what it feels like to be rejected. So I, I settled on that and I was like, let me read this little excerpt that I wrote in my fucking journal. My friend bought me a journal called The Creative Ramblings of a Restless Mind. And I was like, well, that should have been the name of the fucking podcast. But don't get offended works. It, they both work. I ramble and I'm offensive. And whoever listens to this will enjoy this. I think. So I opened this journal and I was like, I'm going to read this little piece of this. Let me get myself situated here. If I move this stupid fucking cover on the microphone, it drops. It's like so touchy. It's sensitive. So I opened it from Wednesday, September 23rd at 1.15 a.m. I was in Alaska. I know that for sure. I don't know if I was working at the local hospital or if I was working at this crazy-ass pain clinic. I've, like, flipped through this journal, and I was like, I don't have time to figure that out. But I do know that I was dating, and I was on, like, Plenty of Fish, which I used to think was called Plenty of Fish. <laughs> Well, it should be called plenty offish because they're all a little offish. But there's a there's a line for guys in Alaska and all the Alaskan women know. All Alaskan people told me this when I was out there, and um, it's like a common saying. They say uh, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. So yeah, you might be one to twenty guys, but uh, the pickings is slim. So I realized that very quickly. Very quickly. Um, but this guy I dated was like 
for like a solid four weeks, maybe six. But you know when you're like dating someone and they're like, I don't know if I want to do this. And it kind of breaks off and then you get, you kind of start talking again. So I don't really remember the length of time, but I remember in this entry, it was over, over, officially. I was a fish rejected. I was offish rejected. Um, okay, so yeah, Wednesday, September 23rd, 1.15 a.m., 2015, almost four years ago. Um, almost four because September 2019 has, will be officially four years, all right? So don't go. Uh, it is four years, all right? I get it. All right. Received a text from Devin. That was his name. Saying he's not in a place in his life where he wants a girlfriend or is looking for a girlfriend. But you were on a dating website. Uh. Um, he made a statement to me. You come on too strong. The feeling of being rejected hurt immediately. And it's a familiar feeling. But a few things I know that I didn't always know. I'm worth being cared for. I'm learning to love who I am now. I'm working on giving myself the love I need. Self-love is important because rejection will come and go, but I'm with me all the time. I need to love all of me. Boom. Jenny, you're so cute. I love you. Look at the what you wrote. You were still, you were 31, 32. <laughs> and then I wrote hearts on it. Uh, I, evidently, internally, I'm still 15. That's why I love teenagers so much because I feel like I am still a teenager. Not, I mean, I love the, the population of teenagers. I like to work with them. I'm not saying I love teenagers. Don't get offended. You know what I mean. I used to work with teenagers, and they're just the best because they're all such little. They're amazing, but they're also assholes, but they're also just so awesome, but they're also little shits. So, um, Sip interlude of my green drink. A little ASMR for you. Does that offend you? Does that bother you, the sipping? I know one of my friends, she fucking hates it. So I know she's listening. She's going to be like, why did you do that? She'll be like, can you just let me know before you do something like that? <laughs> I'm letting you know. I'm sipping it. All right. I'll stop. I'll stop. All right. So, yeah, so I read that because I was going through my notes of the things I wanted to talk about. And I was like. Wow, that's, you know, I think that's a sign that I should talk about rejection. And then I'm like, well, where do I start? Where do I start? Do I start my earliest memory of rejection? Do I start in my most poignant, poignant rejection? Or where do I begin? I'll just ramble. I'll just give you the creative ramblings of a restless mind it's creative that's a ramble so I was like when did I first feel rejected when can I remember that feeling internally because we all know it it's like ugh, the worst it's like it's like maybe like tied up with that feeling of shame too when you feel ashamed or shame for something I think I think rejection and shame kind of like intertwine. They're like weeds that grow together. So that burning feeling in your stomach, it's like bottoms out and it's like burns and grows all up all around your body. And you feel like you just want to hide 
you're so like embarrassed slash like feeling like the lowest piece of thing in the piece of thing piece of shit in the whole world and you're like I'm never gonna not feel like this this is the worst and you feel a lot when you're a teenager so I'm like when did I feel that feeling and I guess my my child mind, because we're all having a child, it's going to come up probably every episode. So fucking get over it. It's just the way it is. We, we all have a little kid in us still. And you could talk to them. I was like, Jen, it's OK. You're an adult now. You're 36. You're not five years old. You're not 14. You're not 20. You're not yesterday's Jen. <laughs> you're today. Um, so I think I was maybe like three or four or five, or six, I don't know. I was little, because I wasn't old enough to really kind of walk around on my own with a group of people. <laughs> that's a stupid thing to say. What does that even mean? So, I remember, oh, my dad was going to get a Christmas tree with my sister. I must have been three, because my little sister wasn't even born yet. I don't even know if my mother was pregnant. So I must have been like three and my dad was going to get a Christmas tree with my oldest sister and he said I couldn't go and he was like got his coat on and he's got um, my sister's getting dressed and they, well, I remember sitting at the top of the stairs watching them walk down like why can't I go and I sat there and I was like why can't I go he's like because you can't and then he left with my sister and he was like holding her hand and walking and I remember thinking I can't why can't I go. Like, not a big deal, you know, but I remember that vividly as a three-year-old. And I remember thinking, how the fuck's he going to cut down a tree if he doesn't have an axe? Well, he's the fucking idiot. So I remember thinking that. So I guess if I would go back, I'm like, that's my first feeling of rejection because I felt like, oh. And that, who you know, it must be tough being a fucking parent because imagine being like you can't go get a Christmas tree and now you, your kid's fucking 40, almost 40 years old talking about how they still remember that. Jesus Christ. Anything you do is going to fuck these kids up, you know. Anything you do stays with them forever. And then anything your parents did stays with you, and then it goes on and on and on. So, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe if if he was like, you can't go because there's only one car scene. You need to be in a car. You know, if he explained it like a took the time to explain it, maybe I wouldn't be sitting with this feeling of shame, and now my whole life's ruined. Thanks, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> no, just kidding. Don't get offended. My dad will get offended. He'll be like, Jen. Jen, why'd you say that? What do you mean? Jen. <laughs> so maybe now he wouldn't because now he's like, he's different. He's just, he's, he's a grown up now. All right. So that's my first initial feeling of rejection. And um, I just like, I guess I should have did a pre-pre-introduction um, where I said, I, this, you know, in these podcasts, when I go off this, I, I'm going to go off track. It's just the way it is. But just imagine it like, like a, like I'm climbing a tree and I'm, I'm branching off in the conversation, but I'm going to come back to the original plan of getting to the top of the tree. But you know, every once in a while I want to go out and look out in the fucking wilderness and make sure, you know, everything still looks beautiful. And then I get back on track, back into the rejection. Okay. So that's my, like I said, that was my first. And then I think that, um, being in elementary school and, and, um, having like groups of friends, things like that, 
you've experienced a lot of rejection and jealousy because you're just starting to understand what it means to like have friends and be friends with people and the rules and of friendship, I guess. And no one really tells you the rules. And uh, I have another memory in third grade where I was good friends with these two girls and well, these three girls, two of them were twins and another one was my neighbor. And they, I guess, decided that, you know, today's the day we just don't want to be friends with Jen. So we have to break the news to her all together. And it was like, I just remember feeling like they came over to me and they're like, Jen, we're not going to be your friend anymore. And I was like, why? And they were like, we're just not. And then they walked away and I was like, <gasps> and it was like at recess and I was like, I, how am I, am I my friend anymore? I think that lasted like a week, but that was, you know. And then I was talking to a girlfriend of mine at the playground and she was like, my mom said the clouds look like they're going to fall out of the sky. And then I was like, oh my God, the clouds are going to fall out of the sky. What are we going to do? <gasps> Weird, man. This shit sticks with you, huh? Now the sky is literally falling. The world's falling apart and we're all like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Anywho, let's get back, back on track. Jenny. So um, that was my second feeling of rejection. So then I guess it kind of made me feel like, am I? Is that what I, I deserve to be rejected? I guess that's just my thing. So I, I think I built like kind of a victim mentality with that. I don't know. You know, I'm a, I was a kid. And then as I got older, I started to like see like patterns in that. Even though I'm like, I'm funny. I'm like smart. I make friends easily. I like people. People tend to like me. And, but in my own mind, I look, I have this like feeling like, oh, they don't really. They're, they're just lying or whatever. They're, it's not going to last. They're not going to be my friends forever. Maybe that's how I think. Or maybe it's just a belief because it's not, yeah, a belief because it's not a constant um, thought process. It's not like I think about it every day, but it's like maybe an internal belief that I've worked through and I've learned to work through and am working through. But when you have that fucking background or that foundation, it feels like you're always fighting against that shit. And then it keeps coming up in your life. It's like God saying, are you going to learn it now? No. All right. One more time. I'll give you a break for a little while. I'll do this one more time again. Let's do this one more time again. You learn now? No? All right. Well, all right. Let's go. Here we go again. Here I go again on my own. I sang that with one of my patients in the hallway. He was, he was getting very upset about something. So we walked around the hall and sang that song and he, got, he felt much better. And uh, we were going down the only road I've ever known. And he was like, like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. <laughs> he's a homeless guy. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> We're all born to walk alone, honey. That's life. So, yeah, that was that. With rejection, Jenny, get back. So then as I got older, the rejection kind of turned into a dating rejection, you know, dating people. And I haven't really, it's not like, like I never really had a solid relationship. Cause I always was like, meh, this ain't going to work out. They don't like me. They're going to reject me. I want to move on. And then, then I, like I, like Devin said, you come on too strong. And I'm like, do I come on too strong? And then a friend of mine at that time was like, um, maybe you should make it so you're less available. I'm like, uh, do I walk around? Like I'm available. Do I have a sign on my forehead? I'm available. Oh my God. What am I doing? 
taking all these opinions from people and I don't even know who I am. But, um, yeah, so like the story I told in the last episode or the first episode where the kids smushed my face. <laughs> I, feel like that. I feel like that was God like, Jen, <laughs> learn this lesson already. I don't want to keep hurting you. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, but alas, I did not. I did not learn it. I attracted uh, a lot of relationships where I was definitely not put first and uh, felt comfortable there. Like, all right, this feels right. And now I'm not about that life. And that's why I'm like, do I even feel like dating? It's been so long. It's so easy not to. It's really so easy not to. I mean, that's why you just like have a good friends. I was just talking to uh, a friend of mine the other night, and he was like, that's why it's important you have a solid group of friends around you. And I was like, yeah, that's true. So then you have something to fall back on, you know. I don't have a man to emotionally support me, so will you? <laughs> Can you listen to me? Uh, but that's, you know, life isn't about finding a man. It is not. And sometimes you learn that, you know, some people's, some people find, or I don't even say find, because some people attract whatever the word I'm looking for is a relationship or a soulmate early on in their life. And they create like a nice stable environment for themselves. And they, you know, they grow and love each other and et cetera, et cetera. I haven't met a couple like that. I don't know who, who they are, but they're out there somewhere. I imagine. So, yeah. So I think that now I'm like, am I isolating or am I independent? Am I isolated or am I independent? Am I learning about rejection or am I avoiding rejection? Am I learning? Am I avoiding? I like to think I'm learning. It's all a process, right? You know, peaks and valleys here. Yeah, we're all on a spectrum. We never know. We think we got to figure it out. We never fucking know. But the bottom line is, and at the end of the day, you don't want to reject yourself. Because like Jenny said in 2015, I'm with me all the time. You're with you all the time. So, and it doesn't have to be relationships. It can be jobs. It can be things that you really thought would work out for you and they fucking didn't. And you're like, what is this shit? Who do I speak to about this? This is unfair. I, I got fired from a job. Um, I think I've gotten fired from two jobs, three jobs, maybe. I can't remember. But I do. Jobs end up being like relationships. You're like, was, did that even happen? I don't remember that. I don't remember how that started or ended. Um, the I had a job where I worked in, I worked in DYS, Department of Youth Services. I think I mentioned this. Oh, and, and an Instagram story. One of my uh, ramblings. Um, I used to work with all these guys at uh, DYS, and I was like the lone female in the fucking pact, and that was oh, irritating. But I loved those teenagers. I loved that job. I really did. If I had it now, I would be so much more efficient. I would have been a better employee. I would have done better for those kids, but I was like 22. I was 21. 
something around there. I was fresh out of college. I had fucking no idea what I was doing. I was fresh out of a shitty ass relationship. That crazy ass dude I mentioned in the previous episode, he would wait outside that work, my job. Like, get the fuck away from me. So that was like, yeah. Anyway, so I worked in that job and then it transitioned from my role as a kind of floor staff, I guess, to a um, working for the psychiatrist because I got my psych degree. So I was like, so important. You know how hard it is to get a bachelor's in psych, guys? It's not. It's not hard at all. <laughs> it's very easy. It's very easy. But and then I so, yeah, I transitioned into this job with the psychiatrist and I worked in a bunch of the programs where all the teenagers were at. And I, the boss I had was a narcissistic psychopath psychopath I'm not blaming him I mean I'm partially blaming him because it was most of his fault and I worked for that job for two years so I worked for a DYS for a total of like five or six years but I worked in that position for two years and they sat me down and told me that they just didn't think I was the right fit I'm like it's been two fucking years what are you breaking up with me it's been two years and you don't think I'm the right fit you should have known that in the first six months what do you mean you don't think I'm the right fit and then they never filled the position after that. So that was, I had to learn that it was really about my boss and his crazy self and not about me because I was a good employee. But I was like, oh my God, that was the worst, man. I felt so like defeated, rejected. What does life even mean? But I mean, I think back on it, I'm like, God was helping me out because really the universe was helping me out, whatever the powers that be, whatever you believe. Because the people I worked with were fucking shit shows. I mean, they were just rude ass people. One of the girls told me, Oh, you're going to go to nursing school? You think you want to go to nursing school? You think you could talk the way you talk if you go to nursing school? Because you ain't going to graduate. I'm like, who the fuck? Who the fuck do you think you are? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And I was like, listen, I have no fucking problem with you. I don't know why you're so fucking nasty. I'm like, Ron said that you didn't like me from get... She's like, Ron never said that. I'm like, okay. Ron was my boss. I'm like, why the fuck would I make that up, you crazy person? You're all fucking crazy. I got to get out of here. I used to think I got to get out of there, but I wasn't quitting shit. And then I got fired. So I guess it was a sign. Excuse me. Let me take a sip. Let me take a sip, guys. So that was that rejection. And then um, I think one of the biggest, I mean, my, I, I guess the pivotal moments of feeling rejected. And now that I like, now that I'm really talking about, it, I'm like, wow, they're like, I can remember specific moments in my life where I felt like that. And they're all in like different decades, different parts of my life. And the lessons I learned at those periods, I'm like, Oh, I mean, I guess I learned a piece of the lesson. I didn't have the whole puzzle together because clearly I kept getting involved in the same kind of situations. But now, you know, now in retrospect, you learn. So, yeah, my, my first kiss was when I was 14, and then he would come to my window every night and make out with me. So cute, George. Oh, I loved him. He used to give me a hickey, and I'd go to school like I was the fucking shit. Like, really? Jesus. We're just so... Look at what I got. You see this thing on my neck? How cute am I? Am I cute? I know. Uh, and then he ended up breaking up with me because he found a girl who would have sex with him. He said that she was having sex with him, and she walked around the house naked. And I was like, well, okay then. I was like 15, 14, 15 years old. Like, what the fuck? So 
but God, God rest his soul because he's dead now. He died a few years ago and he was really an awesome kid. He didn't know what he was doing either, but RIP George, we love you. So cute. Um, and then after that, I dated this guy in my, when I was 30, 31, I was a nurse already and I hadn't moved to Alaska yet. So I was 31 and he, oh my God, I loved him. He was the worst pain. That was the breakup I've felt the most pain from. And he was, I dated him for like nine months and nine months seems to be my go-to, <laughs> my go-to time frame. But he was, I think in my mind, like a real official relationship because I was a nurse. I had a career. I was 30. I felt like I knew what I was doing and this was going to work and I was going to be in a relationship. But he had a kid and he had just had a like terrible loss. The kid's mother passed away and so he was not in a position to be dating. And I was not in a position to think I could fucking do solve any problem. Help raise any kid. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I was playing pretend, I guess, in my mind. But I guess I just fell for him hot. I have no I just like and then he would just stop talking to me for like two weeks at a time and then it would come back and then he would come back and then we'd start again and then we'd try to date and then he'd break up with me and then we'd try to date and then he'd break up with me. I'm like, what the fuck? That's what I really... Now, here I am saying to you that this is what I really thought was a relationship. Bravo. <laughs> Chad, no, this is what relationships are. No, this is it. You're going to work through this. This is it. They, they reject you. They treat you like shit. Then they come back. That's how it works. Duh. <laughs> And then eventually, I'm telling you, he would even talk to me up until like recently, up until like two months ago. So I had to just completely cut all that off because it's like, and you, you're engaged to someone else now. So it is time to move on. You didn't want it. You don't want me. You didn't want it to work out. <sighs> and now I'm like, wow, five years ago, I'd have been like, okay. And I remember that broken heart. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> This is the worst pain I've ever felt in my whole life. And my friend from, oh, I was in school. I was in my last year in school. We were doing finals. Yes. And then I was a nurse. We dated into when I became a nurse. Yeah. Because I remember I, that's when I was like, how am I, supposed to, how am I supposed to study for finals? I can't even think straight. And one of my friends was like, here, I have a Xanax. And I remember, I'll never forget that feeling. I was like, whoa, no wonder why people can, like, get through things on Xanax. You feel like your life's problems are, like, 3,000 miles away. You're like, yeah, that hurts over there, but it's not, like, it doesn't hurt here, close to my heart, so I can do something. So, side note on Xanax. Side note on rejection. Side, 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 side note. I'm trying not to do the... You know, I guess, do I do that alone? Do I drink a drink alone and go, ah, I don't know. So yes, rejection guys, it isn't fun. It is, it is tied in with jealousy, but I didn't even get into jealousy because I went off about being rejected and the lessons it's teaching you. And it's basically teaching you like, it doesn't fucking matter what people think or say about you or if they reject you because do you reject you? Do you? 
And when you don't reject you, you attract people who don't reject you either. You attract situations that don't reject you either. So you're not the three-year-old anymore, the eight-year-old, the 14-year-old, the 25-year-old, the 30-year-old. You're you now. And every lesson comes at you in different angles. And I, don't know, I was texting my friend the other day or yesterday, and I was like, do you think people change? My friend Chris, he would be like, say my fucking name. I'm like, all right, your name Chris. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if people change. And I was like, I don't know either. Let me take a poll. Let me ask a bunch of people. And I had someone else said to me, well, people probably don't change over the age of 65. And then I guess you'd have to get rid of bad habits. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess you're always who you are in your own heart. Like, you know, I feel like you're always walking with this voice inside you said, you can do this. You can do this. Just keep going. Like, it's okay. You're going to get through this. And sometimes the voice is very soft and very low and muffled and like you're suffocating that voice. But she's always there. So that part of you, I don't know if it ever changes. But I think that if you experience something in your life where you see your whole world differently and it's all, your whole life is changed, then I think it's inevitable that you change. You will always be, you know, the goodness in you will always be there, but maybe the way you move through life changes and I guess your definition of changing or what it means to change it matters if you're asking that question what do you mean by it do you mean do am I going to go from a generous person to a fucking asshole I mean no I don't think that I think that's too like superficial to say something like oh people don't change oh you know yeah maybe People don't in deep down change, but like their soul doesn't change, but they grow and evolve. And maybe that's what change means. And once again, I don't know shit. If I said anything offensive, I don't even think I was offensive today. But you never know with people. You never know. Sometimes people get offended. Oh, I wonder if I can open my email because I have an email now that you can email me. And I believe it's areyouoffended at gmail.com. How perfect is that? So I have a friend working on the artwork right now for the podcast. And then once I get that up and I'll submit it and, uh, Maybe we'll move over to Apple. Until then, we'll probably just be on YouTube with a blank screen because bitches are not seeing me in my pajamas right now. This is not how I'm recording live on a podcast with no bra, no makeup, and my hair a mess. Hi, I'm Jen. Let's talk about rejection. And then people are like, we reject you. The way you we reject the way you look right now, okay? We reject that. Go put on some mascara. All right, guys, that's it for episode two. Wow, we made it to 30, 30 minutes today, dude. I didn't shut up today. All right, guys, that's it again. I'm going to repeat myself. Thank you so much for listening to Don't Get Offended. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, reviews, feelings, emotions, email me at areyouoffended at gmail.com. <laughs> Love to you all. Until next time, America. No.
I know that's that's Jerry Springer's line. Until next time, audience. Thank you again for listening. I thank you so much to my dozen of listeners or two or three, whoever you are. Oh, I love you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.